Welcome to a special edition of Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, and uh, glad to have you back. Look, uh, full disclosure, um, this is going to be very non-Spurs-centric. We'll talk about a little bit of the Spurs later on the show. But as you know, I know pretty much the rest of the globe world, you know, the world knows right now that the NBA and even other major league sports um, decided to uh, protest what they feel was not enough progress in the social justice movement. It all started with the NBA. Yesterday night, uh, pretty much the Bucks starting that domino effect, not suiting up, not walking on the court. No playoff games happened. The Magic followed suit, and that pretty much even had a trickle down uh, throughout the rest of the NBA. Even your San Antonio Spurs put out a statement late last night saying they support the players' decision to go ahead and protest, not play, and demand change right now. That's second we're going to be talking about today is uh, what does this all mean? How do we unpack this? Where are we going with this? And uh, also dive into a little bit of some Spurs news, but again, focusing on the big picture. So you're not going to get X's and O's. You're not going to get rumors. You're not going to get takes on the Spurs season pass or forward. We're going to be focusing on the bigger picture. And hey, as Popovich always says, you know, there's more to life and there's, there's, there's a world out there outside of basketball. Before we bring in our guest, uh, let me just quickly get this out of the way. This episode of uh, Lockdown Sports is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, uh, you know, first of all, they have amazing prices. You want to go there right now because those same car parts are for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. It's all there at rockauto.com, which is a family business and has been online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have great selection. Again, low prices, rockauto.com. It's going to bring on uh, Casey Vieira. Casey, uh, welcome back to Locked On Spurs. Uh, very, uh, it's going to be a very heavy topic, and let's just be honest right away, Casey. We actually had a lockdown Spurs that was set for today, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and, and unfor- well, I don't want to say unfortunately, right. some regards, many regards, fortunately, uh, things played out the way they did, and we kind of came across a very unprecedented Wednesday afternoon that might set the foundation of something even bigger going forward Mm -hmm. uh, beyond the National Basketball Association. You mentioned that other professional sporting leagues, they were making moves. They were boycotting Mm -hmm. games. They were doing everything we saw the association do. So Mm -hmm. that might have been step one of potentially something bigger that may be coming in the coming weeks, coming months. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the Spurs were still in the bubble. Um, Popovich would have been front and center out on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, given his two cents, and I would not be surprised if down the road um, something like that does happen within the Spurs organization. But yeah, to um, to kind of look back, uh, you know, it was one of those moments where you'll look back years from now and say, "Where were you when the NBA stopped play because of the social justice movement?" And um, it was again one of those nights. Um, the Bucks read a statement led by former Spur George Hill pretty much uh, saying what they want and that they think, think that this social justice movement is not going fast enough. And this is uh, pretty much sparked by the shooting in Wisconsin of uh, Jacob Blake. And that's how it all began. The WNBA did their part. Uh, as of right now, uh, the latest reports is that the NBA will resume. Yes, they will go back uh, to playoff games either tomorrow or more than likely this weekend, Saturday, Casey, uh, 
I think the, the, the players, they have a voice and they use their platform. And I, for one, applauded what they did last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think with a lot of chatter, as we all know, Kyrie Irvin has had, had this stance from the beginning, a lot of focus on it of, of not even showing up to work and showing up to the bubble. And he deserves credit for for that for finding that and kind of setting that precedent however with that said i think it, and i and I, I felt this way initially when Kyrie spoke and i and i think this kind of speaks to it as well in that if they don't show up all the way back in june or, or early july whatever it was they don't have this platform mm-hmm. they don't have the opportunity to do what they did having that platform that they had yesterday was a product of them showing up and having eyes on them. If they don't do that, if they don't come all the way to the bubble to do that, this message gets lost Mm -hmm. two months ago. And I think it's the fact that this is impactful, you know, considering where we were in the bubble, where we are in the postseason, the names who right off the bat reportedly came out and the, the, them being the Bucks and the Clippers mm-hmm. and, the, and uh, the Lakers and the Clippers and previously the Bucks. I mean, those are the three best teams in basketball, the three most powerful voices at the time, essentially, in the association. The fact that it was those guys that were doing that, that was a matter of them showing up, them maximizing the platform, something that was uh, almost, I don't want to say a crutch word because that has a, a negative connotation to mm-hmm. it, but the thing that was thrown around in a matter of maximizing it. And now they are able to do it. You hate to say that it was the kind of thing that you you take advantage of or you want to have to take advantage of because it was inevitable that something like this, the next, the next shooting of of a black man, excessive police force taken on a, on a, on a black man, you were waiting for it to happen because as much as you don't want to admit it, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. You knew it was only a matter of time until something like this happened again. And so the players in the bubble knew that, well, part of the reason we're here right now and we're saying all these things that we matter, that black lives matter, that we're trying to truly make a movement to get something done, now's the time. Mm-hmm. Now's the time. Because never in the history of, uh, I was going to say the history of basketball, just the history of this country as a whole has the forefront been so focused on the African-American community and justice and potentially moving forward and getting progress. And for the first time in a long time, I'm not going to go as far to say they're in the driver's seat with this, but power's in their hands. Power's in their hands to make a movement and maximize it and get things done. And for all the people are saying, oh, they're asking too much or mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything along those lines, you have to consider it. They've never had the platform to try to get this kind of change. So if they're going to keep their foot on the gas, you know they're going to keep their foot on the gas, and rightfully so, because now small steps, but things are being done. Things are being done, and the way things are going right now, these people, uh, you know, these athletes within the NBA maximizing their voices, it's heading in the right direction, unfortunately, despite, uh, you know, despite unfortunately being a a product of all the outside world. Yeah, and and it is the outside world that again impacted the NBA, and you know you're seeing uh, on the court the Black Lives Matter um, slogan. You're seeing the players with um, slogans on their jerseys, and 
you, you know, every chance they have at media sessions, they'll bring it up. Yeah, especially look at Doc Rivers, look at his react um, mm-hmm. before uh, the protest started and what shut down the NBA, at least for a couple of days, you know, again, taking advantage of his platform. And I think that that's what they're doing. Look, uh, you, you look at these guys and they're professional athletes and, you know, they feel the need to use and their their platform, use their voice, use their name to get the message across that enough is enough. And what gets me, Casey, is that, Everybody should be doing that. <laughs> why, yeah. why do athletes have to be the ones front and center and all this? Why do the NBA right. have to do it? You know, um, yeah. no, I mean, for me, I mean, it was a little upsetting that the NHL, you know, although they did recognize a moment of silence, but you know, some of the teams continue to play, you know, you saw MLS stop games. You saw NFL training camps, practices stop NBA, obviously MLB and you know, Milwaukee Brewers, you know, they also, you know, along with their counterparts, the Bucks took part in a protest. NHL did it. Now, will they do something moving forward? Yes. I think some of the players did voice their concern of why the league didn't do that. But my point is, is this is universal. This is big. Mm-hmm. This is not just in the United States and the United States is seeing it big time right now because they mm-hmm. haven't stopped just because, um, there's been some normalcy since the George Floyd incident. Protests are still going on. Portland is still having them bad. And you know, they resumed again in Wisconsin. New York City saw a spike as well. San Antonio saw some protests yesterday. So this is going to be constant. And, and Casey, the games will resume. We know playoffs will resume more than likely again this weekend. Um, but I feel the message is going to be more front and center than the game because to be honest with you Casey there was a there was a little bit of time too where I felt that the message was getting buried amongst Damian Litter hitting a, a half court shot or D- Donovan right. Mitchell getting 50 points you know the, right. the Clippers getting upset in game one I felt that the message was getting away again mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the reason that the NBA players did what they did And we knew it was going to be relatively inevitable, just kind of the way life works as a whole, that this message, once basketball started, to a degree was going to be put on the back burner a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of the way the world works. You know, if it's not at the forefront at the time, things get forgotten. The most important, the part of this gets forgotten once we see the aesthetics of a basketball game going on in front of us. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of inevitable. Uh, just to, to reiterate your point, though, a little bit about the fact uh, that we should all be bothered by it because we should all be bothered by it. It's that at this point, the way things are, are going is that there's so many aspects that, that, that go beyond politics. That, that's just a matter of good or bad, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. People shouldn't be killed when that for the sake of something like this you want to say jacob late well any other any other innocent black man at a traffic stop which we have seen that has been a victim of this that's a matter of right and wrong that's not political that's not debatable this is life or death and things like that that's the obvious answer as to why we should be annoyed why we all Mm -hmm. should be annoyed people individuals working in law enforcement the truly good apples, so to speak, they should be bothered. Those policemen, men and women who go out there and and put themselves into these life-threatening environments at times 
on the regular, they should be bothered by the standpoint that some person who wasn't mm -hmm. appropriately trained to do their job is out there pulling the trigger and setting a bad precedent for them. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, the relationship between the police within these communities, it's so, it's so tattered, it's so torn, it's more fuel onto the fire. And it, it, listen, listen, Jeff, we can go all day on who yeah, should, you know, know, we can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to kind of cut myself off a little bit there. But the point being, though, is that everyone should be bothered. And for definitely in the bubble, right. just about everybody is bothered. Yeah. And I think that the way things are going is a sign that things, uh, they, they are changing. They are changing. And the NBA is doing doing what they should be doing. Yeah, and, and you're seeing it uh, before your eyes. You know, has the NBA ever experienced something like this uh, to this degree? No, but the NBA has gone through race relation incidences in its history. You know, when Jabbar was a part of that. Uh, I think uh, some basketball players were going to boycott the Olympic Games. Uh, uh, you know, you and then recently, you know, uh, what just happened a couple of days ago, you know, they stopped play you know uh so this is not uncommon but it, it's been magnified now because the deaths are just piling up left and right to um, not just the black community but minorities in general just suffering from this you know and, and before we recorded this i had asked uh, someone else to join casey i'm not gonna name names uh but he refused uh, he did not want to uh participate not because he didn't agree with what was going on but because he felt it wasn't his place because he was right. a non-minority uh, individual, and he felt that you and I would mm -hmm. be better suited for this. And, uh, you know, we're both Hispanic. You know, you're Puerto Rican. I'm, I'm Mexican. And, you, you know, it's rare for us to have this kind of voice. You know, we, right. you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a sports reporter in San Antonio. You've been there, done that. You've been in front of cameras. You've been on the sidelines. And I've been doing this for a long time. You know, we have this. I news for san antonio you know i'm out there as well and casey and i we're not gonna change the world right now we hope we just push you in the right direction this podcast is not going to end racism this podcast oh, is not going to end the shooting definitely not but dude i know, wish it was that this is I just wish a, it was that simple yeah God. this disclaimer is that uh why i bring up our, our backgrounds is because you, you know i don't know i'm not gonna speak for you casey but you know i've been on the opposite side of racism in in my sports journalism world and even non-sports journalism world, mm -hmm. whether it be how I'm treated during interviews for other outlets versus non-minorities are treated during interviews uh, mm -hmm. to what it's like when you're in the trenches and you're in that huddle, when you ask for X, Y, and Z and you don't get X, Y, and Z from um, organizations, but you notice other, other individuals that are non-minorities ask the exact same thing and they get that treatment casey right um, uh, you know i i'm pretty sure well, i hope you haven't but i mean have you gone through anything like that it's interesting that you brought that up because uh, it's almost like i've gone through the opposite of and i'll explain i'll explain I'm Puerto Rican, but I'm not entirely Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. I'm half Puerto Rican. I can classify technically as a minority because that is makes up the majority of my of my bloodline. So yeah. technically, I'm a minority. If you look at me, 
average Joe on the street, I can pass for just about anything. Yeah, and you can. I I can justify that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I mean, I could pass that as Jewish. I could pass that as Italian. I could pass as anything. So truth be told, comparatively speaking to other family members, because I looked at, I feel like I've gotten out of certain, certain situations because of the way I look in that regard, comparatively speaking to other family members who I do have who are been in who have been in very much unprecedented or unfortunate spots, mm-hmm. not to the degree that we're seeing of, of of you know walking away and being shot in the back, but being profiled and not being the beneficiary of getting out of tickets right. or profiling. I have I have been able to get away from that. I have family members who've been arrested on subways for having their feet up, sitting down. Meanwhile, there's been times where I've hopped the guardrail at a subway and I'm laughing it off with the cops who are giving me a $100 ticket to pay whenever the hell I want, you know? Right, yeah. That's not exactly something I'm proud of. That's not something I'm used to take advantage of what it is, but more so a commentary of the fact that that should be the way it is for everybody else. Right, That should be a person with their feet up on a subway in an empty, on an empty car should not be in jail by the end of the night. Yeah, exactly. If you're hopping the guardrail, you should be able to have a, a relatively civil dialogue mm-hmm. with law enforcement. That's the way it should be. So fortunately for me, I haven't experienced the negative side of it, but I've been exposed to it. And it's certainly made me aware, despite being other side on the other side of the spectrum, it's made me aware and it has hit close to home in that regard. So same exact boat as you, but just kind of a, I guess, a little different way, a little bit of a different way to get to said boat. But the message still right. uh, remains the same. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, I, you know, for those who do not know, I do have post-college uh, schooling under my belt. And I lived in Michigan uh, for quite some time. And I'm talking dead center, Michigan, capital, Lansing. Michigan, oh, yeah. <laughs> where, um, you know, where I experienced it firsthand, you know, whether it be walking on the streets or just waiting for a food pickup and waiting outside and somebody has to make a comment uh, or walking into a store out in Michigan and all eyes yeah. on me, you know, because I went in there in a tank and tea and I'm tank shorts and, you know, I wasn't dressed appropriately or whatever. I was going to say there, there's the difference between you yeah. and me is that there's we're both Hispanic, but there's no denying that you look Hispanic. That's the difference. Yeah, that's, that's the no. big difference. Yeah, so, so yeah. you know, there's no um, uh, splittage like uh, Casey, you know, has no. been half Puerto Rican and half non-minority. You know, I'm 100%. Mm. And um, so my experiences are different. And yeah, you know, in the sporting world, sports journalism world too, it's there too. You, you, you can feel it. You can see it. Yeah, you know, you, you, you notice how you're treated differently here. Um, you know, why this and that, you know, I mean, I, it's 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 unavoidable and i guess the point is you know we're not trying to get off too far on the topic of what's going on in the nba is that casey and i we know what we're talking about we're not a couple guys here who now have not experienced it so we're not trying to be preachy we're trying to tell you we've we've gone through this we've seen this for those who are minorities and are tuning in right now go ahead casey can i can i just throw in a a note there you know uh, a, a colleague of ours white guy who um you know declined to come on the show today it, it's unfortunate from the standpoint that part of the reason, part of the reason I'm sure I don't want to speak for him, but just kind of the way things are, you don't want to come on a program to have that kind of dialogue that gets a spotlight is so much of the narrative right now around Caucasian people, around mm-hmm. white people that 
they're not tolerant that they don't understand. And, and, and that bothers me. That, well, exactly. Yeah. Because what's going to fix all this slowly in time, not in the immediacy, is dialogue. Mm-hmm. Is dialogue. Those kind of stories that we just talked about right there, that's the stuff that fixes it. Mm-hmm. We're so much in an age right now where you're right and I'm, or I'm right and you're wrong. That's just the way it is. There's no middle ground for understanding. There's no middle room for negotiate. Not even negotiation is the wrong word, word, but just a sense of uh, a mutual understanding, despite there not maybe being a philosophical agreement on things. You know, we we've just as a society we've vif- uh, just drifted so far away from that. We've just become and and I credit the the cesspool that is Twitter mm-hmm. because of it. The, we, we, all, we all have the answers before we even listen to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's, it, that's, that's kind of the point that I'm getting at is that having that conversation between three different ethnicities, two minorities and a, and a, and a white guy, that would have been good. Yeah, I think stuff so. Like that. Yeah, especially on a publicized platform like this is to have that and at least share that message. You yeah. don't know who that word gets to. You don't. Maybe you get it gets to a person who's kind of having a similar struggle, who feels that. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but and, I, mean, and I, I, I urged him to come on. And, you know, again, he was just like, no, I don't feel like it. But, you know, I told him, I go, I don't see you as that. I just see you as a voice. No. Period. You know, you're just a voice. And, um, right. you know, as a matter of fact, when I, when I invited him, I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about it, like, whoa, he's non minority. And that never crossed my mind. I just thought, hey, mm-hmm. another voice to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's almost like the reverse. Um, you know, the minority sometimes feel like they can't talk, you know, because, you know, which is not the point of this whole movement is as opening. One of the points of the movement is opening dialogue, but the NBA, yeah, you know, it was, it was a shocking world, a shocking moment um, for the league. And, uh, you know, many uh, were just applauding the players and mm-hmm. what they did. And it wasn't just um, those teams in the bubble, uh, teams like your Spurs players did speak out. Um, DeMar DeRozan, um, he shared on his social media, you know, that his support for what's going on there. LaMarcus Aldridge did the same. Derek White did the same. Trey Lyles did the same. Uh, it was – and even Spurs fans, you know, for those of y'all want to go see what Spurs fans have to say, go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox 29, San Antonio.com. It's there right now where you can read how Spurs fans reacted, just like you, uh, to the uh, stunning and much needed um, protest because it really was, it, you really didn't see it. I mean, you would think that these cops or these bad apples and not all cops, but these bad apples that are out there would realize that, Hey, everybody is equipped with a cell phone pretty much. And I can get in trouble, you know, if I push it mm-hmm. too far and it just doesn't seem like it, the message is sinking in Casey and I don't think it's going to happen overnight, Casey, but hopefully what the NBA and the bubble teams did uh, would get it going again. Mm-hmm. As long as, as that dialogue is kept alive, is kept alive, doesn't go away, we're heading. Listen, man, we, we've been caught and mired in such a, a, just a mess of a world over the however many months now that uh, we're just surrounded by so much negativity. And I'm at the point, where I'm just like, you know what, let's just try to find a positive with it. Let's just try to find a positive with this and see how we can build and move forward. 
in a positive, a glass half full approach in terms of a societal, you know, uh, ability to understand is that we are getting there. We are getting there. Four years ago, after whatever, whatever incident where, you know, the, um, a black man was shot when he shouldn't have, they're not protesting for two, three weeks, however, how long, mm -hmm. however long it's been at a time. They're not, we're, not, we're not doing that as a society. But now we are. Not to, to cause civil unrest and violence, but to help spread and share the message. And mm -hmm. as long as that dialogue is still out there, as long as these conversations are still being had, we're going to look at it on the grander scale, or at least in the immediate scale, as a negative. But on a grander scale, the conversation is still alive. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. And as long as we're taking those steps forward, they might be slow, they might be small, but you got to crawl the walk. You got to yeah, walk to run. Exactly. And we're getting there. And as long as we're still going forward as a society, we can have hope. Despite all these, these moments that we're at right now, that we've come across recently in recent months it still steps forward it's still keeping the conversation live and that's that's a good thing well hopefully uh what the nba did out in the bubble and of course the rest of the league um did in solidarity will get um the water flowing again so to speak into the dialogue as casey's bringing up about um what is happening right now in the united states and uh particularly uh, with the, another shooting of a black male and social injustice in general. But when we get back, uh, we're going to shift a little bit and hear what a couple of Spurs did say about their experience with racism and to how a couple of former Spurs reacted to the big, um, well, much needed night of NBA stoppage. We are back, and I'm joined by Casey Vieira, San Antonio sports reporter, on this special edition of Locked On Spurs, where we discuss what happened yesterday night in the NBA when the player or the bubble players decide to put a halt to play to reinvigorate the social justice movement that they felt was not getting across after the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. Now, uh, Casey, uh, we kind of touched on you know what a few uh, Spurs, current Spurs. Uh, had to say about what the NBA did, but let's start off with a, with a couple of uh, former Spurs and Robert Ory. Um, he got emotional um, and he got emotional over the uh, shooting of Mr. Blake and to compound it was just a universal feeling. If you're a father, like, I'm, I'm not a dad. I don't have kids. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Casey, you don't have kids either, but I do not. Um, he he broke down uh, for him to say that he has to have a conversation with his kids about his words, Casey, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he'd rather see his kids take a beating and survive it and go to the hospital because at least he's aware that they're alive and they'll come home to him. It was a powerful moment, Casey. It's, uh, it was heavy. It was heavy. And something that a lot of, a lot of African-American parents can relate to right now, unfortunately, mm -hmm. especially fathers uh, of mothers and fathers of young men. And knowing that there's a chance that if their, if their son 
takes a step the wrong way, looks the wrong, you know, looks that wrong way on a particular day, they're not coming home. Yeah, they're not coming home. Those parents are having to teach those kids life lessons they shouldn't have to be teaching. They, they, it, it's uh, and this, I, I, I go back to this one YouTube video that came out in the more a little a few months ago, right, um, right after Floyd George Floyd happened, and it was a a black father. Long story short, teaching his son how to deal with an officer kneeling on his neck yeah, and it's oh, like man, what the hell are we man yeah. you know like what the hell are this is this is a this is something a father has to teach his son to live a day-to-day -day life it's things like that and and like you said neither of us are fathers but we know the difference between right or wrong and, right. and, and we know that if a father commonly enough is going to have to tell his kids those things mm -hmm. you're going to get emotional you're going to get choked up it's going to hit home and i'm sure robert horry speaks for mm -hmm. many of other fathers out there who've had to have very similar conversations with their kids yeah exactly and uh, i can only imagine what he had to go through and recall this is not um you know losing a kid is something not new to him he actually lost a child due to a medical condition early on. And he even mentioned it. He said, he goes, I lost one kid already. He goes, I don't want to lose another. Um, and it's in this manner, of, uh, you know, police brutality or, you know, something happened just because of the color of their skin. And, you know, Ori wasn't the only former spur to speak out, perhaps more intently or more fiery uh, former spur voice was Antonio Daniels. He was a guest on ESPN San Antonio uh, recently, and they asked him um, about his thoughts on the NBA uh, halting play. And he said, uh, Casey, and I'm going to read his quote here, it was only a matter of time. It's something that had to happen. NBA mm -hmm. players felt like the only way to impact change and for their voice to be heard and to be taken seriously was to stop play. Now that people's entertainment is removed, now people want to pay attention. He goes on to say, Casey, that the sport, basketball, becomes minute. It becomes mm. irrelevant. It puts basketball back on the back burner. Casey, mm -hmm. he, he was quite vocal. You know, he felt that, yeah, this was the right thing for the players to do. And he was all on board. Yeah. And honestly, hearing that, I was pretty much in the same boat last night that these guys shouldn't come back until something is done. Because that's mm -hmm. how you send the message. That's how you send the message. It's one thing to make it a one-night thing. Yeah, you take a stance. Well, how about that stance turns into two days? How about that right. stance turns into a week? How about that stance turns into two weeks of the rest of the bubble? Because we as a collective society, well, not we, you and I, but a large number of important people as a collective society can't get this stuff right. Mm -hmm. So why should we as a viewing audience, and, and to paraphrase kind of what Doc Rivers said here, why should we as a viewing audience go out there with, with the intentions of watching these guys to be solely entertained when the collective system as a whole can't protect, it can't, can't protect these players, can't protect the black man? Why should we be given that privilege? And then I kind of slept on it and thought about it a little bit more and as the day kind of went on and I kind of came to the realization that a lot of the players have. 
that mm-hmm. a lot of the players had is that if we leave, if we don't do that, the, the end reward, the, the risk reward, the end goal is not as effective as staying. Mm-hmm. Because if they leave and they go home, they're are largely going to be forgotten about until next year. Mm-hmm. They lose that platform that they're on. They're largely yeah. they're, they're going to have their, their week to two week window where everybody will be talking about them. But after that, it's the off season. Mm-hmm. And they're going the back burner. Football comes and no one's paying attention to the NBA anymore. Right. So yeah. I think probably that was, you know, obviously you and I weren't in that, that, that Thursday meeting with the players, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the overriding sentiments right. on top of the fact that there has been so much in, uh, uh, just so much invested on these players on a, a personal, a personal level, a, a professional level, just physically just getting involved with the bubble. And I think for a lot of them to get to this point, to get to the postseason, the second round of the playoffs, essentially, and just wrap it up, pull the plug on it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were willing to do that. Yeah. I don't think they were willing after just investing so much into this process for four or five months, however long it's been. Yeah. I, it, you, you have it all end that way. I don't think they wanted yeah. to do that. No, I agree with you as well. And, you know, when it happened, uh, I think we had just wrapped up what would have been today's Lockdown Spurs. And Literally, you, brought, you did your show close. And that was yeah, and then you like, brought it to my attention yeah, yeah. On, on the call. You know, hey, Jeff, yeah. you know, you might want to check out uh, what's going on. And uh, one of the things you told me was, you know, maybe they should sleep on it. You know, and I'm glad they did, you know, because mm-hmm. the emotions were raw last yesterday. You know, enough was enough pretty much was the message across and it was close i mean you had a lot of sports uh, outlets and even national outlets and just news in general saying that the season was on the brink that this could have been crashing down but they would have lost a major platform all eyes are now back on them now black back on the nba now and all eyes are um, perked um all ears are perked up the eyes are wider now mm-hmm. uh, because uh, if this set of athletes out in the bubble are saying, hey, you know, pay attention, you know, it's still continuing, it gets it going again, as we, we, we talked about. And you're looking at, you know, the, the, again, you know, the NBA pretty much said, like, they're, they're going to resume play um, this more than likely this Saturday. But you look at what LeBron James recently did. One of the outcomes of this stoppage was – what uh, him and the rest of the NBA, or at least uh, uh, some some teams, that is, or some players, are going to be doing moving forward. And you talk about change. Well, here's a big one. According to uh, reports, uh, LeBron James and a bunch of other um, organizations like the NCAAP are going to now organize um, poll workers to get uh, minorities to polls now and get them mm-hmm. get the vote going. And that's probably the I mean, I lose, use this term uh, loosely, but the quickest way to see any type of change right now is just simply going to vote, Casey. Yeah. November, November, I, I know we've had it hammered into our heads. Yeah, November 3rd. But yeah, November 3rd. And for all the protesters, they have to go out with the same passion to vote that they had yeah. back in May, that they had back in June to today to show that, hey, listen, we're really here. We, there's an end goal that we want. We're not just doing this to be trendy, to put a, a black square on our Instagram or wear a shirt or 
whatever it may be, change our profile picture mm -hmm. to, to just fit in on Instagram. No, this is what we want. We want this fixed. Go out to the polls. Tell, tell the governing officials what you want. Make that decision. Make that call. And the fact that LeBron's doing that, it, it's, you know, it's, it sucks as a basketball fan. Not that LeBron's doing that. But I'm just thinking that just all the good that LeBron does, but because who he is in the face of the NBA and when, when a lot of people who aren't in the know and who have that shut up and dribble narrative who just see the headline, who stick to that, they don't even focus on all the good who, that, that he does mm -hmm. off the court. Listen, we're talking to a fan base that they look at LeBron James, the player, and they can't stand him for the most part. You know? <laughs> but, but you talk to them, ask about LeBron James, the person, for all the off-the-court stuff that he does. I mean, it's incredible between the schools and now the polling, the polling locations and mm -hmm. we can go on and, and, and on and on. I mean, he's a, a very influential figure that I think in, in hindsight that when we look back, however many years from now is going to be a very integral part, hopefully mm -hmm. it's part of something even bigger as the, uh, as the years go on with this. Right. Yeah. And um, you, you hear um, Daniels, you know, pretty much fired up and saying that, yeah, you know, way to go players in the bubble, you know, to Robert Ory's uh, emotional plea. Um, and then speaking in a different side as a father, you know, getting to him. And, you know, he those, those pair uh, were not the only uh, Spurs to voice um, their thoughts on uh, what they, their experience or their witnessing. DeMar DeRozan, current Spur, uh, he did an interview with uh, People Magazine, and he brought up uh, about uh, growing up in California and uh, being the target of police. And I was going to read a little bit of what he had to say uh, to People Magazine. He says, quote, as a student at Compton High School, my friends and I were regular targets of the police. They assumed we were gang members just because we were in a group or did things just to mess with us. He went on to say, quote, once a cousin of mine who did nothing wrong was arrested after the police said, well, somebody has to go to jail today. I still remember an older friend who was killed when the police shot him through the window of his car as he slept. So you look at these athletes and, you know, what's, what do we think? You know, rich entertainers, rich athletes, you know, they have to worry about a thing in the world. You know, what do they got to worry about? Well, here's DeMar DeRozan saying like, yeah, he did have to worry about things growing up. He did have to worry about his life uh, being uh, erased, so to speak, because of this color of his skin. Uh, he, right. he didn't stop there, Casey. Uh, he ended that interview with uh, people saying this, and I thought this was great. He says, quote, my message is this. Don't let this moment pass. Don't let this opportunity pass. Apply pressure to the whole system to make a lasting change to systematic racism, oppression, and everything that we've gone through for decades and decades over and over and quote Casey. Exactly. And that, that kind of speaks to the point that we made earlier that for the first time essentially ever, there is an unprecedented amount of control in the black man's hands. And still it's nowhere near enough, but an unprecedented amount of control to actually have change happen and the only way to have change happen is to keep that foot on the gas mm -hmm. to keep the pressure going to say we want more we deserve more yeah you keep giving us more we deserve even more on top of that and if we're gonna honestly as a whole as society make change this is what needs to be done this mm -hmm. is the stuff that needs to be done if we truly care 
and beyond the beyond beyond the the racial aspect of it just the idea of right and wrong the idea of right and wrong and, and just putting ourselves in a better overall country mm -hmm. to be in on the yeah. regular this is something we have to figure out this is something that we have to figure out the dialogues we need to have to get people to understand to reach the same equal level this is something we have to do and that's what makes it so frustrating because it, it's always going to go back to politics it's always going to do that but in the reality when you get down to the core of this this doesn't have to be about politics of course the 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 polarizing figures as we know on that landscape they don't exactly make the conversation entirely easier without bringing that in. But when you get back to the basics of what this is, it's a matter of right or wrong and understanding that people's lives are a real thing. People's livelihoods are a real thing. Mm -hmm. And how do we get past that? Just listening, having dialogue right. and making yeah. sure that we can take those appropriate steps one way or another to keep the ball moving like it has over the past few months. Yeah. And um, you, you know, I, I realize that you know i have the platform of what uh, i mean and again this is not trying to you know to the horn here uh it's trying, just trying to simply pr drive home a point that i have access at least for the san antonio market to three mm. to three uh news outlets that being kbb fox 29 WAI news 4 and san antonio's wb um mm. And I try to, you know, and I try to use those platforms as best I can. You know, look, I'm not here to be preachy to you guys. You know, you guys are going to form your own, your own opinion, you know, whether you're listening in right now, or you already turned it off, you know, or however you believe. But to put sports in perspective, uh, look what I did today, uh, Casey. Mm. What do you, you always make fun of me, like uh, you joke with me, I should say, you know, oh, you know, we, we uh, writing, a, did you write a post about LaMarcus Aldridge's latest, um, uh, lawnmower you know did you no it's usually you, usually it's Bryn Forbes's lunchbox Bryn Forbes's you know lunchbox thank you yeah uh and yeah I could have gone on as business as usual today and you know posted you know the the episode that we, we did and you know but it would have been kind of dumb and irrelevant it because it wouldn't have been appropriate. appropriate yeah because here we are we cover a, a specific team yes locked on spurs but sometimes the NBA world as a whole, other teams creep in and it's impacting the NBA where the Spurs play. And let's be honest, you know, the players spoke up. Popovich has spoken up when he was in the bubble. The team spoke up with a recent social media posting. So I figured what best way to do it than table everything mm -hmm. and just focus on the bigger picture, at least for a day. And that's why I was okay, you know. The main, listen, listen, man. The main subject of our conversations yeah. is African American men playing a sport. We yeah. owe them. We owe them as them being the subject of, of our of of our conversations. We owe yeah. them this conversation. We yeah. owe them this this understanding. We owe them the us acknowledging what they're doing, acknowledging their message. We owe that to them. We owe that to the players. Mm -hmm. We do. We yeah, do. we do. And, and hence, that's why, you know, uh, the Spurs zone, uh, at least for today, was dedicated to those type of to topics. And it all started yesterday when the uh, players out in the bubble decided uh, to stop work. So 
I decided to put a stop to the lockdown spurs that originally would have aired today and put this one front and center to put a bunch of other articles that we have. And yes, maybe a Bermuda Forbes lunch pail or lunchbox <laughs> post for a later day because DeMar DeRozan spoke up and, you know, he deserves that voice, um, as did Antonio Daniels, as did Robert Ory. And now, as we do now, Casey, um, right. um, highlighted and further push that message of change, of positive change, I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, address, you know, the big elephant in the room of what is really going on outside of the bubble or the at and mm-hmm. or MSG or Barclays. Um, it's a bigger world out there. It's not just, you know, what, 12, 15 guys, you know, playing basketball. Um, mm-hmm. They'll get to, they'll get back to that. And when they do get back to that, you, you damn well be sure, you know, whether it be tomorrow or Saturday, that that message is going to be even more front and center. So I think it's time for everybody who are still tuning in and didn't press off already uh, to <laughs> do your part to uh, push that message too. whether it just simply be, you know, register to vote or go vote or uh, passing on this uh, lockdown Spurs episode, um, chiming in, letting us know what your thoughts are on the topic. If you agree or disagree, again, goes back to what Casey said, dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and listen, listen. It's a two-way street. It goes it goes both ways. It goes both ways. You and I, in all likelihood, for a good amount of the people who will comment on this podcast when it is posted, we will have a disagreement with them. We will just that solely based off uh, based as as minorities alone, mm-hmm. we will have a disagreement with them. And that stance may change, may not change one way or another, but the way it does is to be civil. And, and I'm just kind of saying yeah. in general, because Twitter is, as I alluded to before, Twitter is a cesspool. So that I don't have is. any standard for yeah. there. I'm more so referring to the fact that when these conversations arise, don't jump to conclusions. Don't run away from them. Have them. Something can come out of it. Something may not come out of it. Maybe you talk to someone who's too damn hard-headed. You don't go anywhere with it but at least you know you tried to make it something better. That's one of the few things that we as people, we as citizens, we as non-elected officials can control how we can view taking steps forward. What can we do? And the biggest thing we can do is to use our voice. And by using our voice, we need to have dialogue and maximizing Mm -hmm. our platforms that we do have. And I think that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of um, dialogue, we definitely want to hear from you. Um, you can, um, first of all, go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio on fox29sanantonio.com to read more about DeMar DeRozan and what he had to say about being the target of police as a kid to how uh, fans reacted to the big night yesterday that, uh, well, when the NBA decided to stop play. And, of course, watch for yourself, Robert Ory and his remarks about the Blake shooting and being uh, fearful as a parent. It's all there at the Spurs zone. And yes, we'll get back to business, uh, you know, uh, prior tomorrow, no more than likely tomorrow. We'll try to lighten the mood, if you will. But again, still keep that in the back of your head. You know, what is the NBA doing right now? What are the players out in the bubble trying to get across and try to do your part, you know, whether it be, um, going to vote as mentioned or uh, spreading the message of just positive change. Casey. Uh, yeah. 
I, I think I've pretty much fired all the ammo that I have. All right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Casey underscore Vieira. All right. You heard him. So make sure you do that right now. And again, we would love to hear from you. So for Casey Vieira, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.